Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Locked on Astros. We're doing a crossover with Locked on Red Sox. Today, it was a Boston massacre for the Astros. The Red Sox get out of town on a good flight. And so we're going to talk about all this, how it pertains to the Astros and how it pertains to the Red Sox going forward, both charging for the postseason on this edition of Locked on Astros and Locked on Red Sox. Alvarez, it's a high drive center field. Beer leans back. This game is turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Greg H Town Wheelhouse Chancy. We are locked on Houston Astros, and we your daily Astros podcast. Thank you all for joining us for a special crossover edition. I'm H Town Wheelhouse. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe to us, and if you're an Astros fan, make us your first listen. Hey, if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, make sure you make Locked On Red Sox your first listen. Gabby Hurlbut, this is your first time on the show. Tell everybody where they can find you and how to subscribe to y'all's channel. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day. If you are, in fact, a Red Sox fan, you can find the show for free on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts for free new episodes daily of the Boston Red Sox. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10 to discuss more things related to the Red Sox and what has been a very uh, emotional roller coaster of a season for this team. So follow me, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox and anywhere you get your podcasts, check it out. Well, you know, and since this episode is brought to you by Sleeper, what a perfect theme for the Astros today because what they did today was a real sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. You could probably bet on Maldi getting a strikeout or not. Wow, that was brutal. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational. In over 30 states, check out Sleeper today. See, the thing is, Gabby, I don't know if Red Sox fans realize what they did today. They got one of our best, most consistent, and most surprising pitchers of the year, J.P. France. We thought for sure after a heartbreak loss in the game before for us, where y'all seemingly took us to extra innings, that is our kryptonite, that we thought for sure J.P. France was going to come in and save the day. Well, France was defeated, and if you know the, any history of France, they don't win many wars beyond the French Revolution, and that's kind of what it looked like tonight. Um, tell us about your team, because you know your team comes in respected with their bats. I know for you guys, the relief pitching has been the big question mark for y'all. Sale coming back is a big thing. But what did you think of the game today, just, just kind of the overall series? Yeah, going into the series, I said – a split for the Red Sox in this series would be a win. They've been incredibly inconsistent all year. They'll ride a high, string together a few wins, look like a competitive team, and then they'll go and they'll lose some games against teams that are very much not good. They lost a series against the A's this year, the Cardinals. Um, 
the Nationals recently. So they lose against teams that they should be able to beat, and then they'll look like a competitive team against the more competitive teams. So you never really know what version of the Red Sox you're going to get. On There was a lot going on this season where the offense was clicking and the pitching was not. And then once the pitching started to click, they forgot how to hit. So I went into the series hoping for a split after the (laughs) first two games, the Red Sox just looked incredibly sloppy, made so many careless errors defensively and stranded way too many base runners. And my hopes for a split really went down at that point because I said they cannot play bad baseball against a team like the Astros because they will make you pay for those mistakes. And that's exactly what the Astros were doing was making them pay for all of those errors that they were making. And then they went into um, last night's game, game three of the series. And I said, you know, this is a must win because the Red Sox are really hanging on by a thread right now in terms of trying to get a postseason spot. So there's very little room for error at this point. And last night when Adam Duvall hit that three-run homer in the Mm. 10th inning, that to me was what saved the Red Sox season. And they obviously took that momentum and carried it into the series finale. And it felt to me like all the frustration that they had felt from the first two games of – all those base runners they stranded and everything that wasn't going right for them went right in the finale of the series. And Brian Bayo has been one of their most consistent starters all season. He is the current ace of the Red Sox. So, you know, a lot of times what you're getting from him, he looked fantastic once again um, against a really strong Astros lineup. So I felt confident with him on the mound, but Other than that, it really is the inconsistencies that have put them in the place that they're in. So I am happy with a split. I see that as a win because of how bad the Red Sox looked in the first two games. Yeah, and, you know, you guys went into New York and took care of business there. They are reeling. I mean, Aaron Judge hits three home runs in one games, and everybody's like, the Yankees are back. And I'm like, have you seen them play this year? The great thing that we can celebrate is that both of us love beating the Yankees and we are not the Yankees. So that is always, um, you know, just so fortunate for us. I remember I met a kid from Boston. The first time I had met a kid, I guess between the ages of eight and 10, um, he was some distant relative of an in-law. And I asked him, I was messing with him. I was like, I was like, I'm a Yankees fan. And he's like, no, you're not. You're from Houston. I said, yeah, I am. And so I was I was kind of giving him crap the whole time at this outing. And when he left, he goes, hey, hey, what's your name? And I go, my name is Brett. He goes, hey, Brett, Yankees suck. And he walked off. I was like, yeah, this eight-year-old kid, like, he knows what's up. But this game today, in all seriousness, 24 hits, 17 runs. Y'all may have emptied the tank. I don't know if y'all score for the next two games. That's insane. But Adam Duvall, since before he got to Boston, when because he, he was with Atlanta, correct? Um, yes. You know he. I mean he he kills us. He is an Astro killer. And when he got hit on the when he fouled that ball off his ankle, they went back to the same pitch and he just crushed the ball at a Minute Maid Park. That yeah. short porch has been the bane of a, a lot of our opponents' existence. And at times when our opponents get one over on us, it kind of becomes the bane of our existence because it is such a short porch. 
Um, you know, JP France today uncharacteristically went out there and I could not believe the amount of hits. I was like, is this guy tipping pitches? Of course, all the jokes came out. Well, what is Cora tapped into this time? I mean, there's all these things flying around. But to put up 11 runs in the first three innings is just absolutely demoralizing. But I just want to make make notice of our of our fans in here. They're actually being really cordial. I've got one guy. He said, Red Sox fan, this might be weird, but the last six years I've looked at Astros as a friend or first cousin with a common goal to beat the Yankees. I love it. So true. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And so we're kind of in, so so we're kind of in this together. You know, Gabby, just to let you know where we're coming from. Obviously, coming off the big World Series win in 2022, where everything seemingly went right going into this season, I had warned our fans there's gonna be injuries, there's gonna be things happen that we're not used to. 2022 was almost an anomaly how perfect it was. I mean, we almost swept the entire postseason outside of the two losses, which was phenomenal, right? Yeah. So this year, the law of averages has played against us. And we have seen probably some of the same frustrations that you guys have seen, inconsistencies. Um, The fielding, you know, one of the announcers today said, well, this guy's a ground ball pitcher. That's probably not good because their fielding is terrible. To where you know our base running is bad lately, our defense hasn't been great. But both of these teams have offenses that can that can break out any time. And if you would have told me that you have an offense with Tucker and Alvarez and Altuve and Bregman and they'll get 10 hits and only score one run, I'd be like, maybe you're on something, and I don't know what it is that you're on it, but it's probably bad. You probably need to call a number, a hotline. <laughs> but I mean, we had 10 hits, there were 34 hits in this game. It's if somebody looked at the box score from the game and didn't actually watch the game, they would be very confused as to why the Astros didn't score more runs. Because if I'm an outsider not watching the game and just trying to catch up and just look strictly at the box score, I'm sitting there like, why did this game not have a ton more runs on the Astros side too? Because it was a very offensive heavy game, but that's something that Bayo has been good at all season is he'll have traffic on the bases, but he very much is good at getting out of that traffic and figuring out ways to stay poised on the mound and be able to just work his way out of those situations. And that's something that I saw him do very well of again in this game. It's just something he's consistently done all year long, which is one of his best attributes. He is not perfect by any means. And this happens in a lot of his starts will where he'll give up some hits here and there and he'll have some traffic on the bases, but he always finds a way to get out of that. This, what I saw today was a typical start from him. That That's what we usually get from him. And that's look, and uh, you know, obviously tip our hat to you guys because uh, you really put a number on us. You know, like I said, I think it makes it even tougher because the night before the way we lost, I think we're one in eight now in extra innings. Um, I'm not going to blame it 100% on the Manfred rule, but that definitely doesn't help the guy on second. And Look, I just I just want to tell everybody that if if you're here and you are into fantasy sports, you're going to love Sleeper. Swing for the fences with Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Use the promo code locked on and Sleeper will match your first deposit up to $100. You can predict the hottest baseball stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts and so much more 
to cash in on your daily fantasy baseball skills. I mean, look, you may glove a ball at third base like Rafael Devers, or you may flub a a throw from shortstop to first like Jose Abreu, but you know what? You can be a pro like all these guys because why they're still major leaguers. So don't forget to answer the promo code Locked On to sign up today for your instant deposit. 100 times payouts are there. You can place in-game contests over the next series. Whoever Boston's playing, you can pick Devers. You can you can take Casas. You can take anybody you want on hits, over, under, on home runs. And you can just bet away, create a super parlay, and you get more contests. It's dynamic. The payouts are live, and they're amazing. So check that out today. Sleeper. Go to sleeper.com and use a promo code Locked On. Now, the Astros do play. Um, the Tigers Friday, 5.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. Catch every pitch of the Astros hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Astros. Um, I'll drop the banner in later, and you can tell us when the Red Sox and who the Red Sox play next, and I will add that banner for you there later on. Gabby, will uh, we'll, uh, squeeze that in there um, as we go along. But J.P. France, this is a guy that really has been given a lot of Astros fans hope because he has been the most consistent guy on the mound. I mean, we've got Framber Valdez. We have Christian Javier. We've got Hunter Brown, who is supposed to have this rookie of the year type season. He's just not having two and one thirds innings pitch, 11 runs, 10 of them earned, only two walks, three strikeouts, two home runs. His ERA is still only 351, which is amazing. But I mean, and then Brandon Belak came in and he threw the most pitches he's thrown all year 112 pitches and five and a third inning, six hits, three runs. All three earned, three walks, three strikeouts. Montero, who has been terrible this year, comes in and, you know, one-third of an inning. And then what do you know? Martin Maldonado comes in. Five hits, four earned runs, a 36 ERA. Maldi's definitely not winning the Cy Young, but that was kind of like adding insult to injury. What was your take of that at the end of the game? Were you like, oh, my gosh, how many runs are we going to get here? Yeah, I found that incredibly entertaining because I said it's a huge possibility that we sit here for the rest of the night and this just continues and goes on because there just seemed to be no ending point to any of that. And it was so funny to me because I always find it so funny when position players come in and pitch because the hitters aren't used to seeing a ball that slow coming at them. So as much as people probably feel like it's easier, it's actually harder for them to be able to make contact on that type of pitch because they're just not used to seeing pitches that are that slow. So they don't really know how to approach it. So by the right. time it hits that point in the game, I said, Hey, let's just pile them on. Like I'm all for it right now. Let's just keep this game going. But I was genuinely wondering if the game was ever going to end because I saw no, you know, sign of there being an ending point in that bottom of the ninth inning. Exactly, exactly. And and so it looks like you guys, it doesn't get any easier for y'all because it looks like y'all play Dodgers the y'all play the Dodgers next. And so why don't you why don't you tell them where they can listen to the Dodgers on with uh Sirius XM? Yeah, so the Red Sox finally return home on Friday after a very long road trip that was up and down, of course, because that's what they do. But they will be back home for an absolutely massive series against the Dodgers. First pitch is Friday at 7-10. You don't have to miss a single pitch of that game. I would recommend you don't because it is an absolutely massive series for the Red Sox. Lots at stake here. Lots of 
returning players who kind of made their mark with the Red Sox and now play for the Dodgers. You can go to the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and you can catch the entire broadcast of that game if you are unable to watch it, and it is fantastic. I used to listen to games in my car all the time when I couldn't sit in front of my TV and watch it. And it's super useful and super helpful. So highly recommend you download Sirius XM search Red Sox and the broadcast will be there for you in what the Red Sox absolutely have to buckle down and win to at least two of those games. Yeah, exactly. And um, that is a, that is a huge game and seven ten tomorrow night. That's Eastern standard time. For those of y'all, of course, us on the East Coast, we get we we think everything is Central Standard Time, but but this was huge because I'm I'm sitting here looking at the wild card race, and this this was important for y'all because y'all are trying to scratch and claw your way. You're three and a half out, and if you have a good series against the Dodgers, you could find yourself passing the Blue Jays if they get things wrong because they're they've lost one, Boston's won two in a row. Luckily, Seattle lost, and they are. Um, they are right here in the wild card race with us. It's Tampa, Seattle, and Houston right now. After that, followed by Toronto, Boston, and New York. I don't think New York or the Angels even come close to anything. But right now, the Rangers are playing the um, Twins, and I believe the Rangers are winning. Last time I checked, we need the Rangers to lose. We're all Minnesota fans pulling for our old guy, Carlos Correa. So Mookie Betts is coming back. Is this is this Mookie's first time back in Boston since he went to the Dodgers? It is. Yeah. What kind of what kind of reception is Mookie going to get? I think it'll be a welcoming reception for him. Um, Red Sox fans typically have given pretty warm welcomes to players who really did a lot to contribute in Boston. And we saw him have obviously an amazing season during that 2018 World Series run. And then. When he got traded, my heart was absolutely broken because I am a huge fan of Mookie Betts. Um, I know Red Sox fans are excited to have him back. Um, They want to beat him, obviously, and have that satisfaction of beating him. But I do also feel like because they're excited for that, he'll get a nice welcome at Fenway Park. And I'm sure he's excited to be back there, too, because he really found a lot of success there and made his mark there and wouldn't really be doing what he's doing now in LA if it weren't for his time in Boston. So I know he equally appreciates his time there. So I am really excited to see um, initially how that goes down, but I expect right. it to be nothing but positivity come Mookie. Okay. Being- no, yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, he, he seems to endear himself to wherever he plays. You know, I think a guy like him is overall, you know, good for the game. Um, he's he's got a great podcast. Um, I actually check out his show not every day, but um, I listen to a lot of his episodes. But I want to I want to bring you and the fans something interesting. I thought today, and this was um, this was tweeted out by Brian McTaggart, the MLB.com beat writer for the Astros, at the conclusion of this game, which was today, the or, or as we're calling it, the Boston Massacre. Astros relievers had thrown will have thrown thirty two and one thirds innings more than the innings that the Astros starters have thrown 31 and two thirds innings in the team's last seven games. And in the last seven games, I think our ERA is like 8.84 for the starters and our bullpen is taxed. Our starters are taxed. Um, Someone earlier was wanting me to be critical of, of like Dusty Baker and how he rolls out the relief pitchers. I really think, 
look, Dusty doesn't have the best track record for for you know putting the right pitchers out at the right time. During the playoffs last year, he did a great job, but this isn't last year. This is now. And I think he's had to navigate an absolute minefield. When your starters aren't going seven innings, when you got two starters down at the beginning of the year, um, and and um and Luis Garcia and Jose Arquiti, and then on top of that, Lance McCullers is gone. Now you're you're throwing out pitchers that are going longer in this season than they've ever gone. And you're just having to put up with more stuff and having to move these guys in and out. Montero's been up and down. Look, this guy, Gabby, he's our he's the fifth highest paid relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he's been one of the worst in Major League Baseball. Um, but I'm sure you can attest and kind of relate to some of these struggles from the bullpen side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Red Sox primary problem was health among the starting rotation. You have Chris Sale in the rotation who just is constantly banged up and can't stay healthy for a consistent amount of time anymore. James Paxton missed a ton of the season because he was on the IL. He has been on the IL, didn't even make his first start of the season until a couple months in. So that was a problem. Tanner Houck, who has been very solid for the Red Sox, went down in June and went on the um, injured list, and Garrett Whitlock, who's another player who's been kind of thrown around between both the rotation and the bullpen, um, was also injured. So as a result of that, the Red Sox, rather than acquiring some pitching help at the trade deadline, they decided to keep rolling out um, bullpen days every fourth and fifth day because they had three Mm. healthy starters, and then the other days – were filled with just constant bullpen games. So as a result, their best relievers were getting overworked and overtired. And I could see that fatigue coming through in some of their outings after that, because some of the guys who had been super strong out of the bullpen were starting to be less reliable because they were being forced to use so much more. And going into the season, I knew this would be a problem because the Red Sox starting rotation was a question mark going into the season because They seem to be relying too much on the health of people that were not healthy. And they still have yet to acquire a number one starting pitcher. That's absolutely Mm. something they have to prioritize this offseason is getting a real ace to go into this pitching staff. But it really does take a toll on the bullpen. I feel like sometimes people don't always think about just how many consecutive games some of these pitchers really have to go in for and people on Twitter were saying well why wouldn't Alex Cora put him in here but when you're a manager and your bullpen is pitching as much as they are and every pitcher is being used as much as they are there are situations where you're gonna have to use guys that you might not normally use in that situation because somebody simply might just not be available so that's been a problem for a while now they're finally about back at full strength from a pitching standpoint. So the relievers can get back to the level of work that they've been used to. But for a while, it was a lot of just putting guys in situations they wouldn't normally be used in because Cora didn't have as many resources available to him to use. No. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of our, I think I would like to think that, that a lot of our fans understand that from the Astros perspective and why they've been taxed. But for a while there, I mean, we were top three or top five in in a lot of categories, both with our starters and our relief pitchers. It was just, it seemed like 
when they weren't doing something, the offense wasn't doing something, or when they were on, the offense wasn't on, kind of like talking about what what you mentioned with with the Red Sox. And um, look, my my problem is a lot of times with this team is the messaging. And um, I want to talk about that here in a second, because I think sometimes this club tries to say too much and it gets them in trouble. Um, but I need to tell you all about our local sponsor. Okay, I need you all to, if you're going to hang out with the Locked on Astros guys, you want to go check out um, some really cool games. I need you all to go to your local area Hooters and check out. They've got brews. They've got they've got wings. I mean, if you're going and you're listening on Friday, it's $19.83 crab legs. It is absolutely some of the best food in the city. Um, and when you go to the NASA location, Starting September 7th, every Thursday after Thursday Night Football, they have karaoke and happy hour till close. If you go to the Baytown store, if you go to Pearland, if you go to the NASA store and you tell them the Lockdown Astro sent you, you'll get free fried pickles. That's right. $3 Blue Moon drafts anytime. $9.99 McLob Ultra Pitchers. No matter the occasion, Hooters is ready to make you happy. The world-famous Hooters girls and the most, just, just the best flavors the best wings and the best variety of food that you can imagine. So go check them out today, your local area Hooters. Um, Gabby, also tell them where they can listen to the Red Sox next game and who they play. Yeah, so big, big, massive series coming up for the Red Sox here. They do face the Dodgers at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern on Friday night at Fenway Park. First pitch, it feels like it's been forever since the Red Sox have actually played at home because they are just coming off a pretty long road trip. So I'm sure it'll be nice for everybody involved with the Red Sox to be back on their home field at Fenway Park, have to take advantage of that and have to win this first game and keep that momentum going from the last two days. You don't have to miss a single pitch of that game. Just download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox and you will get the Red Sox home broadcast for that game and the entire series, because this is absolutely crucial that they win this series if they want to stay in the wild card race. So absolutely check that out and check out Lockdown Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform every day for free. That's right. And the Astros play the Tigers 540 p.m. Central Standard Time. They're going to meet their old friend, A.J. Hinch, and catch every pitch of the Astros hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Astros. Look. There are a lot of things that I'm probably going to address right here, and I'm going to try to do it quickly so I don't hog the time at the end. But we want to talk about, we want to wrap this up with which, like, where are our teams headed? You guys are clearly trying to get into the wild card. We're desperately either trying to stay in the wild card or trying to win the division. I don't know what the goal is. I know a lot of people would like to think that there's some, some saboteur going on here, and people are trying to purposely sabotage that Dusty Baker just does not want to win the division that he doesn't care. And I think he does. And here's why people think that, Gabby. I think sometimes the messaging is what is wrong with this team. And a lot of times, like Dusty Baker compared Yiner Diaz to a young quarterback in the NFL. And he said, the reason why I don't play him more is just like the reason why you don't play an NFL quarterback when he's a rookie. I'm sorry, that's apples and oranges. You facing the speed of an NFL game with guys coming at you that are faster than you've ever played against before in your life. They like 
in division one, you may play four or five guys that are pros, but in football, you're playing everybody that's pro at elite level. And it just seems like more times than not, this club tries to explain away what's going on and what's happening. And they had a team meeting. And so when you have a team meeting and when you announce a team meeting, people expect things to change. Now, we got those first two wins against y'all. That was great. But someone literally said today, if we split the series, the team meeting was a failure and you need to have another team meeting. So right now, Astros fans are frustrated and I feel their frustration. And we do our best to not be overly critical, but also to call out things when we see them. And I know a lot of people feel like, and they're saying here in the comments, Dusty seems to be out of touch. Dusty seems like, to me, Dusty's answers a lot of times come across as, I don't even know why you're questioning me. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. Can we just move on instead of saying, you know what? I like, and his answers aren't even short. He over explains. If Diaz isn't playing to say, you know what? It's a scheduled off day. He's not playing today and leave it at that. But he continues to say more. Oh, well, you want me to do this and you want me to do that. But last time I look, I'm the coach. And that just doesn't come off right. I think there's some issues this year in our clubhouse. And I'm not saying there's a splinter. I'm not saying there is some like some overthrow or some mutiny, but it doesn't seem like we have that guy. It doesn't seem like we have that edge this year. And I think that's what's missing with our team. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something with the Red Sox too that, you know, is similar. And I think for Red Sox fans and from my perspective, there hasn't been a lot of transparency in terms of the actual goals of this team, because prior to the season starting the front office kept saying, you know, we're going to be better in 2023 than we were in 2022, which yes, they are better than they were last year. The bullpen has been significantly better than they were last year. Um, And, you know, they, they added some players adding Justin Turner has been so much more impactful than I think anybody realized it was going to be. He's just been such a huge clubhouse guy, a really good leader for this team. And he's been one of their best and most consistent hitters all season as well. But to me, the problem lies primarily in the fact that it seems like the front office is kind of half in and half out on this Mm. team right now. And I think that message was sent at the trade deadline, which I, in a, in a way, see what they're trying to do with, you know, it was a big seller's market this year. A lot of players would have cost a lot to trade for them, but they didn't really sell any pieces either. So after the trade deadline, I sat there saying, well, do you believe in this current group to make a run or do you not? Because if you don't, Mm. it's, why, why didn't you try to trade some guys when their value is very, very high? Um, and at the time, the Red Sox were about a game closer to the wild card than they are right now. At the trade deadline, they were like two and a half games back. Um, so I didn't feel like they would make a huge splash at the trade deadline. But I was also very confused as to their vision for what they're trying to accomplish this season. And they very much have said, we want to make sure our future is aligned and that's fine because they want to have the talent in your system. And we've seen your do this. They're a great example of a team that really 
rebuild that went through a rebuild that was a long rebuild and having to watch bad baseball for a while to develop players and get a core yeah. of talent. And that's why they're seeing the effects of that now. And I do believe that's what the Red Sox want to eventually do, but they're sending mixed messages hmm. to us as fans about what that means for right now in 2023. And I feel like they believe more in this team than they've let on. Um, and okay. to me, the Red Sox are performing a little better right now than I think a lot of people thought before the season started, I said, I feel like they can be an 85 win team about okay. um, some people said around 500, not even close to a playoff spot. And now that they're close to a playoff spot, they have to figure out, you know, what do they want to do for 2024? If they miss the playoffs this year, but they were close, they have to decide can they make 2024 a year where they can be an actual contending team, but they have to make the aggressive moves to make that happen. And they haven't yet done that with this group. So I just want to see a more clear and concise message after this season ends on where they really feel this team is at relative to other teams. And that I think is the frustration for Red Sox fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think there are, I mean, we're not in that same boat but you can probably see the frustration in some of the comments of the people. Um, we've gone from the dynasty talk to everybody's like, it's over. It's not going to happen. Our time is now or it's never. And look, I get it where you're at, but um, we would, we would be amiss because this is pretty big baseball news coming out of um, Anaheim today with Shohei Otani. And I think because he is that kind of special player that, every team or every fan base is clamoring for since the angels decided to keep him. I'm sure Otani actually traveled with the angels to New York. Um, and it looks like he'll continue to hit while he decides the next course of action with his UCL tear. He's still going to hit the ball. Now, financially speaking, I don't know if that's smart because if you damage more something else with that UCL tear, you know, this guy's looking at making 400 to 500 plus million in his next contract, this is going to hurt his value. Um, you know, this, this news is devastating. Um, I remember when we lost Justin Verlander to Tommy John, I mean, that was devastating. We didn't see him for two years, you know, Justin Verlander's come back and we hope that Justin Verlander comes back and really helps us in the playoffs because he's that guy. And when I say something's missing in this clubhouse, maybe Justin needs to be here a little bit longer for us to find that, but there's, but there's, but there's somebody that just is, I don't know if they're not stepping up. Um, I think Kyle Tucker might, might be a clubhouse leader. I heard how Kyle Tucker kind of took things over with the group chat thing that Mark DeRosa talked about on MLB Network, how he kind of became the camaraderie guy. Maybe he's the guy that needs to step up. But let's just put a final thought on everything. Guys, I honestly think that the Astros can push through their problems. I think they are. I don't see how... I don't see how they miss the playoffs. A lot of people are saying they're going to miss the playoffs. But do you think the Red Sox squeak into the playoffs or not? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on the Astros. I can never count them out. Um, I believe they will make the playoffs. And I think if they do make the playoffs, everybody has to look out again because I can never rule out that team in the postseason. But when it comes to the Red Sox, 
it's 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 close. I mean, I am I my inkling now is to say they will miss the playoffs because they've just been way too inconsistent to me to feel confident because they'll gain ground in the wild card and then they'll drop back down because they'll play a string of bad baseball again. And they have one of the toughest schedules moving forward for the rest of the season. So I feel like they'll end up missing it by two or three games. Um, But if that is the case, we can be excited about the future because they have a lot of young talent that are stepping up and really showing that they deserve a permanent spot on this team moving forward. For example, Willie Urabreu, who had a fantastic series against uh, his former club. And um, so I would like to take the time to thank the Astros community for him because I've certainly seen a lot of impressive major league at-bats out of him over the last few days. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But in in all of this, I'm leaning towards they miss the playoffs by two or three games because they just mm. haven't been able to be consistent for long enough periods of time this season for me to feel confident that they can. Man, Gabby, they would love you as a Locked on Astros host because I think that's what they want me to say. They want me to say the Astros are going to miss the playoffs just so they can say, I told you so. I'm joking there. But listen, um, we have great listeners, and I'm sure you do too. Um, we just want to make sure that y'all make us your first listen every day. The Astros do play the Tigers Friday, 5.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. Catch every pitch. The Astros' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Astros and the Red Sox. Play the Dodgers Friday at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a big game. Mookie's coming back. Y'all want to check that. I'm sure Gabby will have plenty to say as that series wraps up. Catch every pitch of the Red Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Red Sox. Hey, this has been a great show. It's the first time we've we've had you on. We appreciate you joining us. Um, Gabby, thank you so much. I am H-Town Wheelhouse with Locked on Astros. She is Gabby Hurlbutt from Locked on Red Sox. Hey, go check out her show. She's done a great job. She's come on recently, and look, she acts like a seasoned veteran already. So thank you so much for tuning in to this show. You know what? I'm going to say go Astros. What are you going to say? Go Red Sox, and we're about to take you guys down at Fenway next week, too. All right, that's right. We'll see it again. Hey, have a good one. And as always, go Strohs, go Red Sox. We're out.